Now, here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. And co-host at six foot three, he's a self-proclaimed sports expert, a true Cinderella story representing the Boomers from La Mirada, California, the Unk, Bill Lankovich. At producer and show contributor at six foot two, a recent graduate of Northern Arizona University after a six year college career just to achieve a bachelor's degree. Some days he feels like a millennial, other days he's Gen Z. From Santa Barbara, California, Casey Everett. At co-host, the man in the middle, standing six feet tall, he's a member of the true greatest generation, Generation X, a lover of all sports and despises everything Dodgers and Lakers. He has one solo tackle in his high school football career from St. John's, Arizona, Dave Zorn. At co-host, standing 6'1", he averaged a career triple-double at his local YMCA. And he's also a boomer, once known as the trainer. He now power naps like he used to power lift. From San Bernardino, California, Jeff Kennedy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Generation Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff Kennedy, along with Bill Unkovich. Hey now. Dave Zorn. Yo. And Casey Everett. Hi. Hi, guys. Good How's morning. morning. How's it Casey's going this week? Casey's going to be high every week. <laughs> just, Hi. We, we come up with these, these macho things, and here's Casey. Hi. Hello. Was, your, was yours macho? Yo. Yo. Had, yo. yo. I, had, I had the Rocky Balboa in there. I was like, you had the bass in your voice going. Yo. Yeah. Oh. All right. You guys You guys excited? You ready to get going this week? Yeah. I'm fired up. We're, we got... Beginning in the NFL. Season. Yeah, we're getting into college and pro football now. It's time now. If if possible, the podcast will be even better going forward. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Set that high bar, Bill. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. So here's what's going on today. We'll get all of our thoughts on baseball's final month before the playoffs. Of course, Colorado's victory over TCU. We've got to talk about that and other surprises in college football's first big week. Stump the Unk, a trivia question where or trivia segment where we get a chance to see if we can get one past Bill Lankovich. He's of course, with 105? I think he's better than that. Didn't oh, he get a couple? He finally got his first one last week. Oh, well, it's ouch. one of when six where there's three of them. One of six? Oh, incorrect. Uh, incorrect. If you guys can't remember, it didn't happen, right? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Pretty much. We remember he got the one. He did get the one. Last week, yeah. All right, so Bill, you're on a roll. And I think it was the last one. We'll, we'll talk some NFL. Just... A free-for-all conversation about, you know, on that one, we're just going to be sports fans sitting around a table like we are right now and just say every knucklehead thing that comes to mind about the NFL. We don't have to be experts. We're just fans, right? Right. I've got questions I'm asking myself. (laughs) i got five questions I'm asking myself as we go into the Are you going to answer the questions for yourself as well? I I think so. Oh, my goodness. And I'll see what you guys think about. Both the question and answer. Okay, so you're not just asking yourself; you're asking us too. That's a general question. <laughs> okay, general I'm included questions. in that. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I know we're just getting started. This is going to be fun. Of course, we have our sports through the ages spotlight, and Bill Lankovich got the honors this week. Looking forward to that. That really is one of my favorite segments of the show. We'll have Bill's best bets, Bill's expert picks. I'm writing them down this week because he went five was five and zero oh in picks last week. He went five and zero oh in oh, our I'm, picks for for our daily show, our football Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing these down. I'm going to win some money this week. Yeah, you were two and three. By no, the pr- way. no pressure, Bill. In case you wanted to know, that's why I want to get, listen to Bill this week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Dave Zorn will have our sports around the mountain. That's everything that's going on locally here in around the mountain, the Flagstaff and Coconino County High School. 
and college. And then we'll wrap things up with crunch time, which is each coast gets how long, guys? One minute. How long, Dave? 30 seconds for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have to tell I've, you I've got, that. I've got a good one today. It's probably going to make Jeff mad. So. Okay, well, good. Might, might as well get me out on a, on a sour note, right? Sure. Right. All right, let's let's get to it. Let's let's start with baseball's final month of the season. And, Casey, I, I'm going to start with you since I'm guessing – well, there's not a lot of the Washington Nationals to talk for you. so. Nope. What baseball's no baseball's final month of the season? What do you what do you think? What surprises do you think we might see? I think that wow, um, the AL West is going to shake up to be something completely different. I think the Mariners are actually going to take that division. I think the Rangers are going to come third in that division, and I think the Astros are going to come in second in that division. So I think all three of them have a chance. All three of them right now have a chance of making the playoffs, which is really exciting to see. But I think one of those teams is not going to make it. Okay. The third place team. Yeah, one either the Astros, or Rangers, Rangers, or, or Seattle. Okay, yeah. I like it. Hmm. Uh, the Rangers have aren't they? Are they still falling? I mean, have they kind of right right the ship a little bit? Or are they still? They're, they're struggling. struggling. They're struggling. Yeah, see, there's the third to probably be out right there. And then t- I feel like Toronto is just going to swoop up yeah, and catch them. Yeah, but didn't isn't Toronto struggling now too? Didn't I, they got beat by Oakland. Yeah, Toronto's day, doing pretty much what Toronto does. I mean, they'll play really well for a week and then not so well for four or five days, and that's, then yeah, they're just kind of up and down. That's almost like every Toronto pro sports franchise. <laughs> yeah. that they're great for about three quarters of the season, and they then they fall apart in the end. Well, I want to I want to throw you guys some numbers in there because you said Seattle was going to win the division, and Bill, I'll come to you in a minute, but I think this is important. Seattle, okay, if you look at them down the stretch. They have a one-game lead over Houston, but their schedule down the stretch, they play four against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Mm. They play three in Los Angeles. They play six against Texas, three at home and three away, and then three at home against Houston. Okay, Mm. That's That's a tough schedule. Houston, on the other hand, which I believe is going to win the division for this reason, they play three versus Baltimore and three at Seattle. Then look at the rest of their schedule. Three against San Diego at home three against Oakland at home, six against Kansas City, three at home, three on the road, and two against the Diamondbacks. Houston has the inside track to win the AL West. But that that Astros-Diamondbacks series may come down to wild card spots for both teams. It could. Which, which, is, which is pretty cool if that comes out. Except comes Houston's about. winning the division. I just said that. Well, the, the, <laughs> I'm saying could, but it could. But yeah. it could, yeah. It, it definitely actually, could. No, no, those are going to be big games for, yeah. for Arizona. Bill, you're awfully quiet over there. Oh, I'm preparing. I'm preparing. <laughs> He's studying. I've got I've got a bunch of really cool takes. I think, but unfortunately for me, for baseball, and this is a big time of the year, the last month, it kind of takes a back seat to me for football, mm-hmm. at least until the playoffs start for baseball. But um, I've got a couple things. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Braves and Rays play in the World Series uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Orioles are going to go next year. And here's a pretty controversial thought. Um, especially after last night. I did this prep work before the Diamondback game. Diamondbacks don't make the playoffs. Unfortunately, we have a lot of Diamondback fans here. Haters. Well, we don't have a lot of Diamondback <laughs> fans here. Uh, I hey, think um, Otani's done with the Angels, and I'm, I'm telling you right now he's going to be with the Dodgers or Mets next year. The Mets cleared a whole bunch of payroll, and the Dodgers would love to have him. I think the Cubs' Justin Steele wins the National League Cy Young. He's had a super productive year. And the National League MVP, and this is, again, not right, but I think it should be a tie. I think Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts 
They all deserve it. One of them is going to win, and the other two are going to be disappointed. Just some observations for the end of the year. When has there? When is the last time there was a, a tie for MVP? Uh, Anybody remember it ever no, happening? I don't no. think it's ever happened. That's well, not, not in Casey's question. lifetime, but maybe ours. They, they've had yeah. MVP shared MVPs in the World Series or right. NFL, but not. I don't think for that individual award. No, we can check that. So that would break. be unprecedented if they decided, like, hey, um, can't decide. And and Ronald Acuna has been, you know, he's had pretty much been the front runner the whole season. But there's no question that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman have closed that gap. Yeah, no, I mean, what happens if Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman tie for the MVP? You have two guys that are co-MVP on the same team? That's gross. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. I think I think Ronald Acuna has done something we've never seen in baseball this year, and that's why, I mean, when we saw Russell Westbrook, even though his team wasn't great or whatnot, he won an MVP because he averaged a triple-double. Things that you don't see often, often win MVPs. So I think that's why Ronald Acuna will probably win. Definitely Mookie Betts is on his heels, though, because yeah. Mookie Betts has been leading in it's his, almost his best season of his career since he won his MVP back in Boston. So it's going to be a tough race down the stretch, but if one of them fall off, the other one wins. Every I, time I, I turn Freddy, the TV on, Mookie Betts is on base and Freddie Freeman's up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Every <laughs> inning, every, every yeah. time they, they come up. You know, I, I think, you know, sentimentally, I love Freddie Freeman. Now, as a human being, as a baseball player, uh, if there's one guy that deserves it just on that alone, it's Freddie Freeman to win it. But um, I, I think Ronald Acuna, he's had a great year on a team that's that's been dominant most of the year, maybe the front runner going into the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I, I just can't see anybody really other than Acuna winning it. But uh, I think Freddie Freeman might be second. And Mookie. A close third. I mean, actually, I don't think there's going to be a co, but I think Acuna's going to win it. Yeah, and, and actually, where the numbers bear out, uh, Mookie's ahead of Freddie mm-hmm. in terms of the numbers. He's got a higher OPS. His batting average is a little bit lower. He's got more home runs, more RBIs. His war is higher. And he and he's done it all while playing two positions, right field and then coming in. Well, three, actually, because he's played some second base and some shortstop this year. Has he pitched it all? Uh, we'll see. He, he has probably, not. Probably he, he, he has not. Hey, to your point, though, Bill, you you had and, mentioned Baltimore. I uh, want to throw. I want to throw this out there about Mookie Betts. One final thing: Mookie Betts has bowled three hundred games yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a and he's a terrific golfer. Not not, not quite the same. Oh, he's got five home runs. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Does he really or just threw that? No, out I just threw oh, that. Okay. Like everything else. Um, I, would you go? Okay, go. No, go I was got some some numbers on Baltimore because we were looking at. So Tampa Bay right now is has a three and a half game lead, and or three no seriously they're three and a half games back of Baltimore right now. And I wanted to see like if they had a chance to maybe catch Baltimore. Check out their schedule down the stretch. They've got four at home against Seattle. They play three at Minnesota, four at Baltimore, and six left with Toronto. All teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. While Baltimore has the four against Tampa Bay and three at Houston. And then they've got this. Six against Boston, home and away. Three versus the Cardinals. Two at Washington. And four at Cleveland. So Clearly, they easy. They, they, they've got an easy schedule. I'll gladly trade them schedules. Yeah, for you sure. Know, I, I got a chance to watch the Orioles uh, over last weekend um, pretty closely. I, I wanted to figure out what, what, what was driving them. I mean, was it, you know, is there players I just don't you know, I don't recognize or whatever? I'm not, again, I'm not the hugest, you know, baseball fan in the world, so I, I don't, I, I don't zero in on specific teams. And I, 
they're kind of a bunch of nobodies. I mean, they're just a great team. Uh, they got Flaherty in the. They're a bunch the, of high draft choices. I tell well, you that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, their hitting is, but their pit, their well, starting rotation. Name one guy on their starting rotation. Well, Flaherty, I was going to say because he's got got him in a trade from from the Cardinals for like nothing. It's like cash. I mean, I, I mean, and there's <laughs> yeah. one of the Cardinals' better pitchers, and uh, he threw an incredible game against the Diamondbacks. I think it was a Saturday game. Um, so I was impressed just by the fact that a there was just nobody I've ever heard of, but they were just playing well as a team. Um, and I love teams like that that will that come together. Maybe no one except for their fans have heard of these guys and rally and and win and get in the playoffs and make a run. I I, I after that watching that series with the Orioles, I, I'm an Orioles fan. I I hope they actually go a long way. And, and for sure they're legit and they have been all year. All right, let's let's switch gears. You guys, want to talk some college football? Oh yeah, we we got to get this oh, in yeah. right. And forty five seconds in for the Diamondbacks. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, did you lose your? You, I actually got my forty-five seconds did. without even prompting me, so <laughs> I appreciate that. Nice, nice job, Dave. Now, can I get one thing in? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in, in this trade. They got to have the Dimebacks have to have some a, a, a kind of a a bolster of juice somewhere. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming days the Dimebacks actually DFA Nick Ahmed at shortstop and bring up Jordan Lawler, who's killing it in AAA, number one pick from I think it was a year or two ago. There's fans clamoring to bring Waller up. I wouldn't be surprised. It's already past September, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they get rid of Nick Ahmed to make room for Jordan Lawler. Uh, one, one final thing on Baltimore, Dave b- reminded me they're bringing up another number one Major League Baseball draft choice, Matt Holiday's kid, who's oh. 19 years old. He looks like he's 12. Yeah, he's been killing it in a, a bunch of different systems for the Orioles, and they just reload. Their, and I don't, I'm not sure if I said it in my other segment. I picked the Braves and Tampa Bay to go this year. I think Baltimore goes next year. All right. I saw how they play pitch, um, play the Futures game uh, during All Star Weekend a little bit. Uh, man, that kid can crush it. And he looks just like his dad. Plays like his dad. Yeah, and uh, he's that's, a tiny kid. And the fa- and the <laughs> fact that the Baltimore Orioles have him and they haven't even brought him up yet—that's scary. No, they did bring. It. He's going to. Oh, he he'll be there today. Yeah. Oh, well, they really? Brought him up now, they I mean, brought but him I mean up. in the past. Yeah. I mean, per- further than the year. Yeah, and I just want last thought about the Orioles. Also, their best pitcher, John Means, is coming off the IL. He's made three rehab starts. We all know John Means. He threw a couple no-hitters already in his career. He almost won a Cy Young, so he'll be back. So <laughs> And they've wow. got a relatively easy schedule the last month. Yeah. So yep. They're going to um, ease him back in. And yeah, he'll, they'll look be for them to finish strong. All right, um, college football, Colorado's upset, TCU. I mean, that really was the news of the first weekend, right? Oh, yeah. I'm I am killing myself. I didn't put any money on that game because I, I sat here. Did this you time feel last it, week. Dave? Did you know? Yeah, no. I sat here last week going, "There's no way that TCU is 20 points better than this Colorado team." But everyone was putting Colorado in the casket already. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're not going to do anything. Do you realize what talent Deion Sanders brought to Colorado in the offseason through the transfer portal? 87 of, new guys, right? Yeah. But but on top of that, at Jackson State, he brought in. Like five-star recruit guys to Jackson State, including his kid. Butler's another one. Mm-hmm. And all, they all followed him to Colorado. And look what happened. All those Jackson State guys played out of their minds against TCU and, and won a game. And now Colorado is like the Cinderella story of college football. Well, I, I, I just, think I think they're not – I know. I, I was going to say, I don't think they're going to run the table by all means because the Pac-12 is maybe the best conference in the country this year in, in their last year of existence. But their defense has got issues. <laughs> their offense can score well, but their defense can't stop anybody. So they, they gave that's up 500 yards to, to TCU, yeah. who has a whole brand new offense: quarterback, running backs, wide receivers. 
I, I want to give Dion his due credit due. He's he's changed the program. They won one game last year. If they go seven and four, seven and five this year, that's a huge success. They got to go to Oregon. They have to play SC. I just don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but Colorado definitely on the upswing. Well, I think they beat Nebraska Saturday. I don't think Nebraska. It's only two and a half points Nebraska spread. Is not Nebraska. The, the, the bookmakers, they understand. Yeah, don't get ahead of ourselves. I know, but it's they're at Folsom Field for the first time. They're going to pack that place. It's going to be loud. It's not going to be. It won't be. It'll be louder in, in Folsom Field than it's been in probably the past 20 years, maybe combined. I mean, that place is an old stadium. It'll be rocking. I've, I've seen the game there. It's a great old stadium. But, man, that place is going to be alive and kicking on Saturday. I think the amazing thing is regardless of what Colorado's record is this season, whether they win seven games or whatever, what he's already done to the culture there and turn that program into, I mean, something, there's a frenzy for that program now in Colorado after winning one game last year. And and just an immediate turnaround in the entire culture, including the fan base, to where now going into each Saturday – they're going to believe hey, our team not only has a chance to win and be entertaining and our coach is going to possibly say something outrageous and that's going to be really cool. And all eyes in America, all college football fans, are on your program. I mean, that that in itself is a victory for that program, for recruiting and everything else that going forward. It takes years to do. He, yeah, did, he did it in less than a year. He did it in less than a year. That's amazing. Ralphie's probably going to shave a second off his lap time coming out uh, pregame because he's so fired up about this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Any other any other big big time surprises for you the this weekend? Uh, I mean, Duke's victory over Clemson on Monday night pretty big. Uh, Florida State look Duke. First of all, Duke's not supposed to beat Clemson. <laughs> I, I bet that in basketball. Yes, yeah, Duke yeah. football. Not in football. And Florida State just looked unbeatable. I mean, their mm-hmm. defense they they were just an incredible. Uh, a game. Uh, they're loaded, especially on defense. Um, I, I've got broken down by each conference. So, do you want to talk about anything in particular? Certain <laughs> well, wow. the conferences. Hey, hey, Bill. Of course you do. Like that, <laughs> that, notebook, that's, just, you know, that surprises us not at all. You know, when you're writing you know? a notebook, it, it kind of gets like almost like water dropped on it. It's kind of been used. Bill's notebook has been. Is, there's a lot of stuff in it. It <laughs> yeah, might be a Bible at this point. Yeah, I've known Bill a long time, and uh, college football is. Is really your thing, okay? Yeah. Like you spend a lot of time with that. Okay, so Bill, you have, yes, please give enlighten us. Give, give give us some knowledge, my friend. Okay, well, 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 what's Big Twelve? I mean, these are just the major conferences. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma and Texas are obviously they're the class, like normal. But don't discount newcomers UCF and Cincinnati. These are big time programs, mm-hmm. and and they're going to be and Oklahoma and Texas are leaving after this year as well. I'm going to have to take a whole separate class to figure out who's in what conference <laughs> next year. But and long shot Kansas, they're they're a pretty decent team. Yeah. You know, I, I'm excited for Big Twelve football this year. Absolutely. All right, good good stuff. So Florida State, because going into that game, I had heard some commentators that talked about you know Florida State and uh, that they could be really good. I don't, I don't know that any of us really believed it, you know, a playoff team, you know, top four team in the country before this game. I kind of believe it now. Mike, I think they're just going to get better. You know, Mike Norvell's done a great job in Tallahassee. Mike Norvell, former Arizona State offensive coordinator, by mm-hmm. the way, um, uh, former you know Memphis head coach where Coach Chris Ball coached with him there. Um, I, I'm not really surprised. I mean, uh, Florida is like one of the elite states for high school athletics. Yeah. And the how Florida State and Florida were kind of not – 
their elite selves over the last few years. And Florida being as down as they are, they're terrible. Um, it's weird because they're not getting all the, 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 the big Florida guys. I think uh, Bill's going to expand on this, I know, later. But the, the transfer portal, I think, has changed everything where there's – the Florida kids, if they go to Florida, Florida State, don't like the, the atmosphere. They can go wherever and put your stuff in the, in the portal and get away. I think that's probably hurt those some of those elite programs. I don't think it's going to hurt Ohio State or Michigan or SC, but I think some of those those teams that maybe had a taste of a, a national championship game, like a TCU, might be hurt a lot by this because you know, they're not going to. We're going to see different teams vie for national championship, which I think I like. I just don't like the way it's kind of come about to get there. I, I like parity. I, I don't, I'm not one for dynasties, but um, it's just weird in how some of these once elite teams are not as elite anymore, but it's I'm great. I'm happy to see uh, Mike Norvell turn around Florida State and make them elite. Florida, Florida State hammered LSU. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does that. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks it, like it was, the old was, Florida State teams. Back in like the 80s yeah, and Bobby 90s. Bowden. Yeah. Bobby Bowden teams. Yeah, yeah, they look very reminiscent of that. All right, so uh, Caleb Williams, okay, is he the next Patrick Mahomes? Just give him the Heisman now. You know, he, he sure <laughs> sure he sure looks like it, and it, right now he he's gonna be the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman again. And the last player to win two Heismans, the only player to win two Heismans, anybody get that? Uh, Ohio State, uh, Ohio State running back Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin, very good, Dave. Good job, wow. good job, Dave. That's, that's nice. the day. What about you, Casey? You've been kind of quiet over there. No, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super high on Caleb Williams. Um, he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal. It looks like so. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, I got my thoughts on that. But go, go ahead. So, I mean, yeah, he's a great talent. He he can do anything on the on the on the field. He can throw. He can pass. He can run. He's amazing to watch. He can throw off balance, make those weird, awkward throws that Patrick Mahomes does. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is, what, 27 years old, and we're already comparing somebody else to him. But, (laughs) I mean, when you're thinking about quarterbacks in the new NFL and how you want a quarterback that's mobile now, that can run, pass, do anything, Caleb Williams is that guy. And I think he'll fit in right to a system, depending on the system. It might be the Cardinals. It might be somebody different. Who knows? But... He's going to fit in, and he's going to be an MVP candidate in the next five, two to three years. Well, and, and so I love that prediction. The problem at that position and the challenge in that position is where you go will determine your success. Yep. Okay. And that's just, that's life as an NFL quarterback. You know, you get drafted by a, a New England or you know, a, a team or you get to play in an Andy Reid system, get to play for, uh, you know, for Shanahan. That's completely different than playing for a dysfunctional organization, regardless of your talent. Right. OK, because there are teams that destroy talent and there are teams that get the most of talent. So my hope is that Caleb Williams will get into a system, get to a place that his talent's going to grow instead of a situation like Kyler Murray's in where we see flashes, but the organization, the system, the program itself just destroys talented players at that at that position. So, um, you know, I'm that person. I believe that his career could be amazing, but I don't think that that happens if he gets to the wrong team. So that, I 100% agree with that. And it we're, we're talking about SC, and they're dominating. They, they play two basic teams the first two weeks and blew them out. That conference, uh, Dave mentioned it, and I hate being a homer, but I think could be the best conference top to bottom. 
SEC's got maybe the top three or four teams. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Pac-12 with SC, Washington, Utah, Oregon, UCLA, even Oregon State beat San Jose State worse than SC did. Yeah, This has never happened before, and unfortunately it goes away after this year. Pac-12 went 13-0 and in the first week of, of games. That's... I don't think they've done that as a conference like ever. 1932. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Was the last time they every team won their opening game? And they were probably the Pac-8 or not yeah. <laughs> they were the Pac-8 back then. There was yeah, 12 right. teams yeah. in there. Well, do you think this is because of what's going on in that d- division? This is why there's like a fire under them. Maybe. I don't think because translates necessarily into wins. I think that there's yeah, there's a lift. You know, what I mean that you get fired up, but ultimately you still have to go out. And you hit the other guy in the mouth, the other guy hits you in the mouth, and you have to respond. At the end of the day, it's not just you know success because you're on an emotional high. I think it can help you initially, but over the course of the season, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah. that's why I'm thinking just because week one, every all the controversy that's been coming out, all those teams come come out and they're just fired up because they know this is their last hurrah in this division, and they're just all of them went out and won. I they, mean, they, they it's all not... went out and won, but they pretty much all went out and dominated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me expand on what, what kind of Casey brought up as far as you know Caleb Williams and the Cardinals, and there's a couple things, you know, I'm paying attention to this story specifically because I think it could change. I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play this year. If you're if you've got a team constructed like this. And you're coming off ACL. Do do you want to play a year, or do you want to get better, rehab, get stronger to where you can come in the next year and go? That's a thought. However, all reports are saying out of out of out of Cardinals camp that he's bought into the the, the new coaches, the system. He's helping with plays. He's helping with practice. He's rehabbing strong. Everything's everything looks positive as far as Kyler Murray. So, if you're a Cardinal fan and you pay attention to college football, obviously Caleb Williams. That's a that's a no that's a not a miss thing. However, if Kyler Murray happens to come back and plays a, a half say a half year, but looks amazing in doing it, and you still get the number one pick, then what do you do? Yeah, there's, there's, you take there's, Caleb Williams. Well, yeah, but, but here's <laughs> yeah. the thing: you've got all the ton of money kicks in this year for Kyler Murray. It becomes a business decision. Now, I, as a fan, yeah, I want Ky- I want Caleb Williams, but. You can almost get a history-making haul if you trade out of that number one spot and set yourself up for a good three or four years with possibly top-level first-round picks to build this thing the right way. So it's it's going to come down to a business decision. Do I want Caleb Williams in a Cardinal uniform? Absolutely. I think they should have traded Kyler Murray if they had a chance. But if you're looking for the long haul and building what you know Kansas City has or Philadelphia or whatever. Maybe the thing is, if you get that number one spot, you trade out and you get six or seven first round picks because that might be the haul. So it's interesting to see how this is going to play out through the season. Well, here's the one thing that history would tell us regardless of what the situation is, they're going to mess it up. <laughs> no, Jeff, Jeff, let me add to that. Really. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm taking a drink. If the Cardinals draft me and I'm Caleb Williams, I'm not signing you. I'll oh, sit out no. of here. I'm telling you, I've said it before. No. I'm going to say no. it again. Elway did it. No. Eli it's Manning a, did it. It's going to happen. Different it's, era, no. different era. Thank but, you. But there's, there's, it would be harder to do now. Yeah. But hey, Bill, I'm with, I know he would want to, and probably there's going to be family He's, members and friends is that going, where, is that don't where do you it. Is that where you want to go? Yeah, no, but no, you get guaranteed not. money. You get more guaranteed money. His than signing first round pick. bonus. On top of oh, that, man. he's already yeah. in what four or five different commercials or in college football. He's making yeah. his NIL money now. Oh, money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't <laughs> need a new car. Yeah, but I mean, but he also, if you think about this kid, he can come into a program like the Cardinals 
and think that he could be the man and he will be the man. Hey, hey, hey Dave, can I can I stop you? You've said Cardinals one too many times. I know, but they're this, going to be the, the number. They're this, going to be the team in, that has a number in, one pick in this segment. Okay, yeah, but they're going to be the team with the top overall. All right, you're at your you're, you're at your maximum. I'll get, I'll get more of that here. You're, you're, up. you're at your maximum. Uh, okay. Another rant coming. coming. All right, listen. Let's uh, let's let's turn our attention to stump the up, and you will get your chance for your rant. I know. I've got them listed in my questions. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's start with Dave. We'll start with your your trivia question. It's well. Wait a second. Wait. Wait. <sighs> yeah, we it. got something. We got something. It's time for question. <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Dave, you're up. All right, we'll start. Why is that cut off all that quick? Do you cut that off? Yeah, because it goes on for another seven seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. It fades out. It doesn't fade out. Okay, I'll fix that. <laughs> well, we, we didn't have seven sure seconds. Did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not today. I want a time I'll, crunch. I'll put a fade. I'll put a fade on it. Okay. Thank anyway, you. Uh, I'm glad we have production time during the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my question is: Which of the following NFL coaches has the best playoff record by winning percentage? That's the key phrase here: winning percentage. Is it Bill Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Jimmy Johnson, or Barry Switzer? These are all big time coaches, and I bet you the difference between first and fourth isn't a whole lot. Dave gave me a hint, uh, maybe accidentally, uh, through, but I, I'm going to go with Barry Switzer. Wow. And the, the survey says? The survey says? Wow, he gets a golf we, clap. We need to change two. that. <laughs> There's other things in there. No, I, he gets one. It'll progress if he okay, keeps getting them right. right. Well, right. To, to finish this out, Barry Switzer, 5-2 and two in the playoffs, giving him a 71%. Winning percentage, which is better than Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, he, does, he has, doesn't have as many games. Yeah, right. guys. It, that's better than Jimmy Johnson at 69%, Bill Belichick at 68%, and Chuck Noll at 67%. So. But where, where's Madden? I think Madden he's, would be way up He's there. not in that. Not yeah, in this there. is pretty wow. high. Of course, Bill Belichick has played in way more games. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, 100 playoff games. <laughs> Absolutely. Casey, you're next up. All right. So who is the last NFL player to win the Heisman and NFL MVP? Ooh. The last player, I mean, I, I got a couple guys I know have done both, have won the Heisman, won the MVP. And OJ did it at SC in Buffalo. Paul Horning did it at Notre Dame in Green Bay. God, I don't, I'm not sure if anybody's done it since. I'm, I'm going to go with OJ. Uh, there is two that happened in the last decade. So, or yeah, decade. So Cam Newton won. The Heisman oh, and wow, but there's good. another one, Lamar Jackson. Wow, really? Oh yeah, I would, yeah. Totally yeah. forgot him. That's I, I, I would not have gotten either, either, got either one of those. No. That's, that's a yeah. great question. Yep. Great question, Casey. Love it. All right, Bill, I got an easy one for you. See if we can get above 500 here. Yeah, I got an easy one for you. There's no problem. Uh, four athletes, Bill, have received the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year award twice. They are Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Stephen Curry, and LeBron James. Who, which one of those has won it or has received it three times? That, that's difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's an SI award. It's not a major award. All four of those guys are tremendous athletes. I'm trying to maybe decipher through and who had the longest career. Uh, I, I'm going to go with my man, Tiger Woods. Wow, that's a good guess. It's actually LeBron James. Really? Wow. Yep. I mean, wow. He's had a huge, a huge long career as well. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. two and eight. I actually thought it was going to be Tiger Woods, too, because I after he came too. back and won the Masters, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I narrowed it down to either uh, Tiger or Brady. I thought it was going to be one of those two. Yeah. 
LeBron James. Good job, guys. Thanks. Good job. All right. Stump the young. Oh, the and host by, went again. And and by the way, we gotta we gotta figure out a way for you know our loyal supporters of this program yeah. to uh, get their trivia questions in to Unc. It take a little pressure off of us each week. We'll have we'll have like audience participation. I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, if they want to do that, they can send a message to Calf Sports, and if we record on Wednesdays, so if they want to get their question involved, they have to send us their questions by Wednesdays at the Calf Sports Facebook page. All right, Cal Sports Facebook page. There we go. All right, let's move on. It's time to talk some National Football League (laughs) as the Shield takes over living rooms. And, you know, so I got to throw this out there, okay? So the Shield is back on Thursday, right? First game on Thursday. Do you realize that so many things that people normally do on Sundays, attendance goes down considerably from... (laughs) September to the second Sunday in February, okay? <laughs> Things like church attendance and whatnot. It's like, yeah. It depends if your team is playing an early game. Let me encourage people. You have a DVR. Use it, yeah, okay? Right. You have well, the internet. Keep living your life, okay? With, with all the cell phones and stuff, the technology we have, DVR is How did we ever out. exist without a DVR? <laughs> I, I don't know how I lived before that was invented. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. This is, honestly, we're just going to talk about the NFL. There's no structure here. Just what bring it to the table. We're just four guys sitting around a table talking some National Football League now. So, whatever. Casey, what you got? Oh, man. Uh, well, I was looking at the Saints schedule just because I'm, I'm a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. And there is a list of all the quarterbacks that the Saints have to go against this year. And it is the the one quarterback, I think they have one, like, Pro Bowl quarterback they have to go against, but other than that, it it's the worst quarterback core I've ever seen that they had to play against. So I'm gonna get that list in just a second. But somebody move on while I'm looking for this all list. All right, can I? I want to jump in there. So I think that there's a reason the Carolina Panthers, okay, are are going to maybe, well, definitely challenge the Saints. I know they overpaid for the number one overall pick, but defensively, this is a pretty good group. They're going to be able to generate plenty of ne- of pressure uh they're also i think on the other side of the ball there's no doubt that carolina is going to be able to run the football effectively behind an improved offensive line with miles sanders serving as the featured back i'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the saints don't win oh no the nfc south and the carolina panthers do that's, How about that? that's that's a bit of a long shot but i could get behind that bryce young has won everywhere he's been in his life pop warner high school and college He's a winner. Yeah. If he gets a little protection, they could cause some damage in that division. So I have the list here. So week one, Ryan Tannehill. Week two, Bryce Young. Week three, Jordan Love. Week four, Baker Mayfield. Week five, Mac Jones. Week six, C.J. Stroud. Week seven, which is Trevor Lawrence. Or week, yeah, week seven, Trevor Lawrence. Week eight, Anthony Richardson. Week nine, Justin Fields. Week 10, Kirk Cousins, then they have their bye. Then they play Desmond Ritter, Jared Goff, Bryce Young, Daniel Jones, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, and Desmond Ridley. Rid- Ritter again. Okay, I'm certainly not scared of that schedule. No, I'm not <laughs> okay. at all. Not like, scared. I looked at that and I started laughing. I was like, there's no way this is a real schedule. <laughs> who, who has a, I think we brought that up the other day on the show. Who has the hardest NFL schedule? Sure. Do we have that information? I don't think, I don't think we did that last week. No. Because no. that doesn't seem like a very crazy schedule for them you know i think they can, the, they so can it's gotta be games. somewhere on the aoc east i would think yeah that the their schedule is by far the easiest schedule in the nfl yeah yeah 
Well, Casey, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Remember, we're we're on record now. Carolina Panthers. Okay. Okay. I'll Watch keep out for that the Panthers. You, right. you, you get to ridicule me about that all year. Yeah, example. just like we get a ridicule day for if the Diamondbacks don't make the playoffs. Exactly. Let me bring this back to reality, please. <laughs> so I've, I've got four short little things. Some thoughts. Those okay. are really question. Thoughts. So one 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 of the thoughts I have is going into the season, what rookies are going to stand out this year? And is there someone who is maybe like a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick that may surprise and buy for rookie of the year? It's a great question. Could be. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, we'll, I'll get my Cardinals thing out of the way. Will the Cardinals actually win a game this year? And who will they beat? <laughs> the best chances? The Rams once or twice. Sorry, Bill. Uh, the Browns or the Texans? At best, I have the Cardinals at 4-13 and 13 is a best-case scenario for them. Best-case best scenario. Best-case scenario. Wow. On the flip side, how many games will the Niners win? I can see them sweeping the division. There's nobody in the division that is as good as the Niners. Their two toughest games are November 12th at Jacksonville, and which could be a Super Bowl preview, and at Philly December 3rd. Possibly a snow game, and you know how Philly fans are. The rest are very winnable games for the San Francisco 49ers. They could end up 15-2. and two. And I hate the Niners, but I'm, i am I got to give them respect, you know, as respect. And finally, can the Chiefs repeat? I say no. Travis Kelsey's already hurt. He might be missing the, 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 the opening week because of a um, hyperextended knee. Mahomes is another year older. Yeah, he's 27, but he's showing some signs of s- some battery on him a little bit too. Well, and they're breaking in a new uh, new offensive tackles, two of them. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, those are that's a significant change up front for them. Yeah. So you haven't even talked about Chris Jones, who is top one or two defensive linemen out. in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wants more money. Kelsey offered to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> on his podcast, they, they haven't worked through that yet. <laughs> yeah. And now Kelsey's hurt, so he's probably got you know medical bills coming his way. I mean, it's possible they can repeat, but the team's getting older and the Super Bowl run may be coming closer to an end sooner than later. So those are just my thoughts as we enter the season. Yeah, I, I, on the, on your Chiefs point, they also lack reliable weapons for Mahomes outside of Kelsey. Name, yeah, me, name me two or three wide receivers on Kansas City. Yeah, so, I don't think you can do it. Valdez, Scantling, um, and that's it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I looked it up, and I go, oh, wow. One these more, are not big-name guys. One yeah. more small thought, and I, I – I, since we've been talking NFL, since we've launched this podcast, I am sold as uh, as the Jets being a sleeper team and and causing problems for people this year. I think the Jets are going to be really good. I agree with that. I don't even think they're a sleeper. They're I, I, great defense. You know, yeah, they're, great they're weapons on offense with Dalvin Cook now, and you got Aaron Rodgers running the show. I think the Jets are, are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I, I'm going to say don't, and not as a Super Bowl contender, but don't fall asleep on the Denver Broncos. Nah, I, I really think I, I I I think they bounce. I think they're the line. All right, so you guys don't believe it. That's good. We're on record. Win the division, yeah. may, sure. Making anything more than that, I, I don't. But know. But I didn't say that. I said, don't sleep on the Denver Broncos. Not to, but but well, winning the division, they won't win the division. Yeah, but they I could. The Kansas you know? City Chiefs are there. Yeah, making the. I, I've got uh, a segment on, on the Chiefs coming up, so I won't. I won't go there. I I just think if you're a football fan, you live on the West Coast. The NFC West is going to be very difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to have the Directv. Uh, YouTube, YouTube, it's on YouTube. Now. It's on both, yeah, yeah. but um, you have to have the ability to watch it. You can't watch those games every week. It's going to be a tough season. And by the way, if you're a college student, they're giving college student discounts. Yeah. for the NU, uh, for the NU, absolutely <laughs> for the for the uh, the Sunday ticket for on YouTube and and I know there's cell phone deals. I know Verizon's got one. If you go do Verizon, you get the Sunday ticket for free. So you change over to them. So there's ways of cheaply watching the NFL online now. So I, I got one for you guys. So who wins more games, the the Cardinals or the Raiders? Because Raiders oh, are going to be terrible, too. Man, the Raiders. Raiders. 
Yeah, I think the Raiders too. They, they, I, I believe much. the Arizona Cardinals are are tanking it, which teams do occasionally to try to get the number one pick, which we just addressed. But they're kind of blatant about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you release your own seasoned quarterback, and, and you're going with two guys that are unproven. It's going to be a long year. Look, it's be a, so what about what about a team like the Texans? Yeah, can the Texans have made some improvements? Can they get to say? Say seven wins, you know, a hypothetical seven win season. I hope so. Well, that's, I mean, that would be, I mean, there's no such thing as moral victories, but if the Texans get to seven or eight wins, that's a good season, right? But if you're a Cardinals fan, you want the Texans to be that second worst record because the Cardinals get their pick. So the Cardinals could get the top two picks in the draft next year. Again, I go back to the Caleb Williams thing. That's no more fodder to throw in there. To acquire more picks down the line if you're building it that way. I I don't believe this ever happened in the history of the NFL draft. The team having first first and second. Yeah. Yeah. That, that you Possibly. can change your scenario and your team very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. So Texans, do you think they get to seven wins? No, it's no. No? I think they get to three or four. Wow. wow. See, look at that. See, I think they're a little better than that. I think they get five or six. They I get a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah. you say that you said that about the the Panthers too, and they have a rookie quarterback. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. He's a better rookie quarterback. <laughs> okay, He's a here better we go. Rookie <laughs> oh is, it, is it bad that I'm gonna watch Cardinal games this year to hoping they lose? I'm I mean, cheering for the other team. Yeah, that, that <laughs> can happen. That, absolutely, just I've for this it. year because it's got it's I mean, got a setup. Caleb Williams is the ultimate jackpot. I would so. love him in a Cardinals uniform you if, know, if they, everything was right. I I actually hope the Cardinals win five games and don't have a shot. At See, that. look at you. Oh no, man, I, I do. I, I mean, I'm just you're getting me back for all this time. He just doesn't want him in just the division. Just being honest, yeah, I'd be you don't in, want him in the division. That's fine. Huh? You just don't want Caleb Williams in the division. You know, I have I have multiple reasons for for saying that. <laughs> well, also you're not a Cardinals fan, well, so well, I, I have been I have been a fan of my paycheck before. Wait, so. <laughs> I just thought of, I just oh, thought okay. of something. The NFL, forget it, the, the Cardinals aren't going to get Caleb Williams. He's going to end up a Raider. Why? Because all these professional leagues fix the drafts. Oh, okay. uh, what better situation for Caleb Williams than be in Las Vegas with a the new Raiders? Facility, everything. Oh come on, yeah, that's, I 100 percent agree with that. <laughs> it's a given. Okay. Now, see, Dave. Now we're making some sense, okay? Now we're I can get my arms around that. Yeah, the the, the league will figure out a way to, to work this for the Raiders' behavior. Uh, you know, but, I, I am not a fa- in favor of, of of any level of corruptions that don't benefit me. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't benefit me. Keyword. It started with winning the coin flip for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Yeah. Right. With with all the success and the recent success for USC football, at least on the offensive side of the ball, um, with Caleb Williams and their coaching staff. UCLA's beat them two out of the last three years. And they, they they have a rookie, not a rookie, they have a freshman player. It's the first five-star player Chip Kelly's ever had at quarterback. Hmm. And he didn't start the other day. And Dante Moore. And I, I watched the game. I don't know sure where he's from. They had another kid who's been in the program for two years, and he got the starting nod in the first game. He's done. This kid's going to take over. UCLA, you need to watch out for this team. You know, SC, pay attention. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. We we will see. We will see. All right, guys. Good job. Any any final thoughts before we turn the page here? Final NFL thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think I'm just excited. On Sunday, I'm going to my friend's place, and we're having breakfast all the way till dinner and watching every <laughs> NFL game. So it's kind of fun. Do you I'll, do the Red Zone channel? Uh, my friend has it, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I so. have it, too. I, I, I'd sit there for eight hours and watch the Red Zone channel. How, how Han- Scott Hansen could get through an eight-hour period and not really take a breath, go to the bathroom or eat. Is that the guy, the little, little dwarf? He, you got he's, the he's, ears poke out? And he, he's been, he's no, good, no, no, that's, that's uh, Andrew Siciliano. He, he hasn't oh, yeah. in a while. No, uh, Scott Hansen's the, the guy now. So 
how he hosts that thing for eight hours and not move, it's amazing. Amazing stuff. I will I will get home around two-ish and I will be locked in at that point. So it's afternoon games for me. Anyway, listen, uh, great job on our NFL free-for-all, we're, we're going to call it, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens, what outrageous predictions are going to happen. Right now, it's time for my favorite segment, which is our sports through the ages. This week, Bill Unkovich has the honors. This is Bill Unkovich with what? Sports Through the Ages. <laughs> okay, let's talk about NIL. You've probably heard this term this year, college sports. In the most simplest terms, this describes the means through which college athletes are allowed to receive financial compensation. NIL refers to the use of an athlete's name, image, and likeness through marketing and promotional endeavors. Because the NCAA still intends to maintain its amateur sports status, paying the athletes for their play on the field isn't possible. This is just a workaround to get the athletes money without technically being considered a professional athlete. Ed O'Banion, a former UCLA basketball player, argued that college athletes should be compensated. I guess four or five year scholarships worth $150,000 plus free room and board isn't enough. And I agree the athletes who compete find it hard to work with the limited schedule available, actually getting a job while competing in their sport. All the rules are different state by state. Arch Manning, the number one recruit by the University of Texas this year, is a freshman. He's second or third string. He's the nephew of Peyton Manning, and Archie Manning's grandson will make $3.8 million this year, and he doesn't even start. Livy Dunn, the LSU gymnast, made $2.3 million last year. If someone gave me a million dollars when I was 18 years old, me and my friends would have gone out of control. School personnel, boosters are all involved with securing the deals for the incoming players. As an example, a lot of these two or three years starting quarterbacks have transferred to other schools to follow the money, leaving their old schools. There's no loyalty. It's all about the money. See all of the recent schools jumping to new conferences? More about money. The Pac-12 is now officially dead after this year, and it's too bad as several teams, USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon and Utah and even Oregon State are all super competitive this year. I'm not against the student athletes getting a stipend to help them get them through four or five years of college, but in some cases, the top players are making more than their coaches. BYU did it right. Each person on the roster gets 50000 not just the skill guys getting the monster paydays. Money is ruining the college landscape, and it's too late to change NIL, and I'm not sure long term if it's good or bad for college sports. But if I had a vote, which I don't, I'd at least regulate it and make all the rules the same state by state. College sports athletes are not student athletes anymore. They're bona fide pro athletes. Thought we already had pro sports. Great job, Bill. That's, I mean, some great points in there. And I love the reference to BYU and how they're doing it. And I think they're doing it the right way. I, I just think that, you know, you use the term now, you know, we're out there. How do you get the genie back in the bottle? The skill position guys are going to make all the big money, but the linemen do all the work. Right. I don't care how great you are. If your lineman's not blocking for you, you're not going to do anything. So, again, I think BYU went outside the box and did it the right way. It's just too much money, and a lot of these guys are not going to be ready for it. Being an off- Especially an offensive lineman, it's, it's, you know, it's a thankless job because 
it's up to you to create the holes so the running back can get through and the running back can win the Heisman Trophy. If you false start, you're the goat immediately. Or the or only time they say your name is when they call a penalty yeah, on you. And they no, show I, you. They never, so get, they never get the glory, and they always get the blame. So, I mean, on this point, I mean, because the NIL money, it's there, okay. And like I said, you can't really put the genie back in the bottle. And and listen, in other in other areas of entertainment, young people make a lot of money, and it's not regulated. I know in in college sports it is, but you know, you, you made the reference to, you know, give an 18-year-old 2 or $3 million, they're going to lose control. Well, that's the same if they're an actor or an entertainer or whatever, okay? The, the, the age is still the age, and, you know, a lot of us lost our mind for a lot less money than that, okay, at that age. <laughs> I heard that the Mannings, they're controlling Arch Manning's money. He, okay, he, he's going to make $3.8 million. He ain't going to see it this year. <laughs> they're going to invest that for him, and when he's old and done, he's going to have a big chunk of money. Absolutely. So, so I mean, before we turn the page on that, where do we go from here? I mean, it's great points that you make. That's, but, but honestly, where do we go from the transfer reporter, the NIL money, uh, you know, conferences dismantling, and it is all about the money, Bill. But it's but, it's, but, it's state by state. So every university, depending on where you're located, can do it differently and what's acceptable and what's okay. And the NCAA in itself is a joke. Uh, I, I'm not. I've never been very impressed with that organization. Mm-hmm. But it's. It's like you said, Jeff. You can't put it back. I'm not sure where it's going to go. Arguably, one of my most favorite things in the whole world's college football. I just hope they don't wreck it. I think back to uh, when uh, Herm Edwards was hired at Arizona State, and NIL just began. He uh, Ray Anderson, who's still whatever reason still the athletic director at Arizona State, comes out and says, "We're not going to participate in NIL because kids are going to come here because you know of Herm Edwards being their coach, and he can fast track to the NFL." That didn't go well. <laughs> uh, they, I think it maybe was a year, maybe two at the uh, longest that then ASU finally went, okay, we're going to participate in this. But um, you're right, Bill. I mean, I think it's ruined some of it, but I think both the transfer portal and NIL, they, they got to be tinkered with a little bit, uh, some some alterations. I don't know what that is, but it's kind of a free-for-all right now. And it's just it, there's got to be some adjustments made and maybe some regulation on some things to to tighten it up. I, I'm okay with it, but I think it's it's kind of um, an all free kind of a, kind of a thing right now with both. And I think there's there needs to be some regulation. I think coming forth on this, but it may be too late. Well, and if you to your point, you know, if if each state had the same rules at least, you know, if it was universal for each state, I think that would at least be a step in the right direction. All right, let's uh let's let's move on, Bill. It is time for our betting with Bill segment. You are our expert prognosticator. Dave, Dave is ready to write these down. Hey, listen, get get your pen, get your paper. Make sure that you have this recorded because right now, Bill is five and zero. Oh. Now that's a segment that we do on the Jeff Kennedy Show on Fridays on Football Fridays. Our our pick segment with Bill, and uh, we are keeping track of it throughout the course of the season. So this is this is what you do. What are our locks of the week? Well, we, if I had my way, we'd do a whole hour on this. <laughs> so I, I can only pick three college games and three pros. We'll, we'll start in the college ranks. Notre Dame's a seven-and-a-half-point um, favor on the road against North Carolina State. Uh, the quarterback, the new quarterback, if you didn't see last week for Notre Dame, is a transfer, Sam Hartman, from Wake Forest. Again, not a really big football school. He threw 38 touchdown passes last year for Wake Forest. This kid's the real deal. I, I really believe... 
that Notre Dame has been a quarterback away from really doing some damage in the, the last few years, so I'm taking Notre Dame on the road. I also like Utah versus Baylor. Um, Baylor um, lost to Texas State. I didn't even know Texas State was a college last week. And Baylor lost their quarterback in that game. So the early Lions, Utah minus seven. I don't like taking teams on the road in college very much, but I'm going to do that. Uh, Cam Rising should be back. He's the Utah starting quarterback. This kid's a stud. He didn't even play last week, and they hammered Florida. I also like Oregon on the road versus Texas Tech. Bo Nix will lead the Ducks. They're firing on all cylinders. Texas Tech might have been looking ahead last week. Uh, They they lost to Wyoming. I mean, kind of a shocker. That was a crazy game, And over time. But I think Oregon State, or excuse me, Oregon just continues. What's the line on the Oregon game? Oregon's minus six and a half on the road. Minus six and a half. Okay. Um, we you asked funny one of the games I have picked here was Carolina. Jeff said I think Bryce Young is one on every level. Carolina's defense is good. You mentioned that. I'm taking the Panthers with the points, uh, two and a half, and I'm going to take them on the money line. I also like uh, Jacksonville versus the Colts. The Colts have a rookie quarterback. Not very impressed with him. He didn't do much of Florida. Trevor Lawrence is poised to make a run for the MVP. Jacksonville's really going to get it going early. I'm taking them on the road versus the Colts. The final game is uh, the Packers plus four versus the Bears. Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay anymore, but they still got a dynamic team. They're the only team in the NFL last year or the last two years that won 13 games. So, and Aaron Rodgers didn't play well last year, and they still won 13 games. The Bears are getting better. I, I really like their young quarterback, but they're still the Bears. Um, a couple other tosses I'm going to throw in here. The Seahawks minus five over the Rams. Ugh. And uh, Washington minus seven over the hapless Cardinals. You can't bet favorites. And because it's the first week, um, we're going to have an added pick. The Thursday night game, the Chiefs versus the Lions. The second and third best players on Kansas City, which we've mentioned, are out. Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. These are two players you just can't do without. The receiver cores are weak. This is a much bigger game for Detroit than it is for Kansas City. They lose this week. They're going to be okay. And I, I believe uh, Mahomes could prove me wrong, but I, I'm going to bet myself personally on uh, Detroit on Thursday night. Wow. All right. What are, what, is the, uh, what are the lines and what you're betting on, on for Jacksonville and Green Bay? Uh, Packers are plus four, and Jacksonville is um, minus – Minus four and a half. And those will change. All right. Of course. Nice. Hmm. Nice job. All right. So we've got our picks. Hopefully you guys wrote those down because we will be, we will be tracking these week by week. We'll send this information to Casey and uh, that will be Casey's job. Before we move on, I got a little Baylor note for you, by the way. Yeah. So their quarterback's out two to three weeks with the MCL sprain. The third quarterback on their depth chart is RJ Martinez, former NEU quarterback. He may have a chance to see some playing time and maybe even start this week. I know they like the backup better, but R.J. Martinez is in a mix there to possibly get some playing time against Oregon. All right. A very, local note there. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's like 5'7". <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't really know. All right. Speaking of that, since, since we threw that in, it's time for our next segment, Sports Around the Mountain. This is brought to you by our good friends, the Doghouse, Unks Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. This is Sports Around the Mountain with Dave Zorn. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. And here's our look locally around the mountain. Uh, the NU Lumberjack football team, they lost to Arizona this past uh, Saturday night, 38-3. to Had a chance to score a couple different touchdowns a couple different times. 
couldn't get it in the end zone, which was something that played the Lumberjacks last year. Head coach Chris Ball vows that won't be an issue this year, and he doesn't want to see it ever again after this past week. Up next, only a trip to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to take on the 17th-ranked uh, Fighting Hawks, who beat Drake last week 55-7. to uh, Their quarterback, Tommy Schuster, went 22 of 26 for 20, 262 yards and three touchdowns. Running backs Gavin Z, uh, Zebarth and Donovan Hunt averaged 16 and 21 yards of carry, respectively. Oh. Yeah, wow. Drake's defense wasn't good. Uh, so any of his defense has to be better this week than it was last week. And they're athletic. I think that's a better defense than Drake, but they're, they're looking at a pretty powerful offense in Grand Forks on Saturday. Turning to high schools, Flagstaff fell to a really good Somerset Academy team from North Las Vegas, 47-6. to According to our crack calf sports stats, because no one takes stats for us anymore, we have to keep it ourselves. Uh, the Lions amassed 464 yards rushing to Flagstaff's 164 yards total offense. Malachi Johnson, the running back for Somerset, had 180 yards on just 17 carries. This week, Flagstaff is back at home against Winslow for not only homecoming, but the celebration of 100 years of football at Flagstaff High School. The first game Flagstaff played in high school football was against Winslow back in 1932. The game ended in a 6-6 tie. The rivalry with the Bulldogs is the second longest rivalry for the Eagles. The first, not Coconino, it's the Prescott Badgers. Hmm. Ironically, the Coconino rivalry has only gone, I think, 50. This will be 55th year, I think, this year. Um, Coconino had last week off. They'll play the Pace and Longhorns at Cromer Stadium on Friday night. Uh, the watch list for the Ed Doherty Award was announced yesterday or this week. 150 players from across the state and all levels, 6A to 1A, were put on the list by voters for the award, which includes myself. It's my sixth year voting for that. Um, the award is known as Arizona's High School Heisman Trophy. Former winners include two-time winner and new Atlanta Falcon running back B. John Robinson and 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. There are some local kids who made the watch list, including Chase Brown, Nano Birdno, and Jaden Wetzel from Flag High. Also, Bridger French and Prairie Young Blackdo from Coconino made the list. The list gets their names out there for strong consideration as nominations for the award will begin with this week's play. We turn the list about five to six players each week. So uh, that gets underway um, this week with games all around the state at all levels. It's open for anybody. A couple short notes. Uh, props again to the Flagstaff girls flag football team. They won 49 to nothing over Tempe this week. They're 3-0 and and lead the 5A Northwest region and are one of five unbeaten teams still left in the 5A conference. They'll host Mojave next Tuesday. Finally, congrats to NEU men's and women's cross-country teams for winning the George Kite Classic uh, this last Saturday here in Flagstaff. And this is the uh, great note on this. How big of a dynasty does NEU have in cross-country? They've won, I think, four of the last five national champions in the sport. They're the defending national champions. They won the meet. Their alumni team finished second. Arizona was fourth. ASU was ninth. That's domination in the sport right there. When you your team for this year wins it, but your alumni team takes second. Wow. So props to the NEU uh, uh, cross-country team. The women won, their, uh, won that meet well as well. Uh, they'll be on the road for the rest of the year. That's their only local uh, local meet of the of the season. So there's your Around the Mountain Sports. V- very cool stat on Flagstaff and Winslow, 100 years. Yeah, very, that's very, very, very cool. neat. Yep. And by the way, that year for Flagstaff, they, all, they also lost to Jerome and Clarkdale, both of which aren't high schools anymore because they morphed <laughs> them into Mingus High School. So Very cool. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Sports Around the Mountain brought to you by the Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. All right, guys, that's just about going to wrap things up for us. It's time for crunch time. Each of us get a minute or less to rant about whatever 
is on your mind. Casey, I'm gonna. you've been pretty quiet today, so I'm going to start <laughs> with you. All right. Well, um, since we don't get to talk about this sport very often, I want to talk about soccer or go. European football. I'm sorry. Then this is my rant, actually, that you guys never want to talk about it. And this is annoying. We don't understand you. it. Well, maybe you should. I do my research and I look up soccer and football. I don't know a lot about football, but I still do my research. It's about time that you guys. Good point. Good point. Look at soccer. Okay. Got no comeback for that. Hey, I watched Ted Lasso. I know. Yeah, exactly. Figure it out. We're going to talk soccer more. Okay. I know Wexham. Dave, <laughs> you're no, I got a couple of buddies that are actually watching Wrexham Re- Re- uh, Saturday, I think, whatever the next game is. They're actually in there and vacationing there, which is oh, kind of wow. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, see, I, I know a little bit. So my crush time, as of this taping of the podcast, Julio Urias is still a pitcher with the LA Dodgers. Why? Over the weekend, he was arrested on felony domestic violence charges again. It marked the second domestic violence arrest in the past four years for Urias. Granted, he's not with the Dodgers on their current road trip, but what's the holdup? You can make an argument Urias should have been sent packing after his first Everybody's one. innocent until proven guilty. I'm, <laughs> I'm, he's guilty. <laughs> there's no reason or excuse for domestic violence at all, and there's Absolutely. no reason or excuse why Urias is still on the Dodgers. If I'm Dave Roberts in the Dodgers front office, I would have had him rejoin the team just to leave him in Washington, D.C. this weekend. At least then he would be surrounded by others just like him. Cut him. That's my rant. I, I have a buddy in L.A. and he said he he thinks he's he's done. You know, Absolutely, he, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Bill, still on the roster. I'll tell you what, Bill. We'll let you go last because my rant is also on Julio Urias. Oh wow, it is. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Ab- 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 absolutely, because I agree with you, Dave, one hundred percent. He should not be on the roster. Listen, I don't think that major sports or anything can continue to be soft on this particular crime or tolerant of it as all all of the leagues now they have their you know their conduct clauses and these guys know that they can't get in this kind of trouble now bill to your point you are innocent until proven guilty but until that proof comes out unless he has something that would somehow justify this outrageous offense he should not be in a uniform the fact that this is his second offense since 2019 he received a 20-game suspension for that one. I think at the very least, A, the he's a free agent at the end of the season. The Dodgers don't bring him back. And B, he gets at least a one-year suspension for this crime, if not more. I think that that has to happen. But, Bill, to your point, I don't think that there's any way, in a free agent year anyway, that Julio Urias puts on a Dodger uniform ever again. Uh, they, had tra- uh, they had Bauer on the roster. Well, they had to pay him, but um, they had see, to pay him. But he never, but he never played again. I wouldn't even have him around the team. I wouldn't even see, even that's, connected the, to it. Those are easy things to say, and they didn't have Bauer around. Those are easy things to say, and he's not traveling with the team, so he isn't, he isn't around the team. But there's still a process. So, what what does Major League Baseball seem to take this much more seriously than the NFL? You know, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, should not be on an oh, NFL team. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't one or two women saying he did these things, it was 22. Yeah. and But because he's good at football, he gets second chances. But uh, absolutely, I, if, if he did what he did, he shouldn't be playing baseball any longer. Um, my crunch time this week, kind of a bold statement, um, I'm, and we've talked about it because it's the first week of the NFL season, the Chiefs are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. It really, it's going to really open it up for all the other contenders. All-world quarterback, you know, led by Patrick Mahomes. But it's very hard to repeat 
in the NFL and win the Super Bowl two years in a row. Just look at the Rams. Um, they're missing Chris Jones, which we talked about. This guy is just an animal. Um, teams will develop their game plan around that. If he's not going to play, and Travis Kelsey is hurt, no Tyreek Hill. I can't name any of the receivers. I really don't. I think Chiefs still have a good year, but you everything has to fall in place perfectly. I don't think they do it this year again. All right. Good job, guys. There you have it. That's our crunch time, and that's going to wrap things up for us. Listen, Bill, Dave, Casey, thank you for your input. And, of course, thank you, our loyal listeners, for hanging out with us. Remember, listen, we're not solving world problems, right? We're just talking sports. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.